Greetings in Jesus' name this morning. God bless each one of you. It's a nice, cold morning. Winter is here. Thank you, Myron, for that reading too this morning. I was thinking of the account there in uh, the book of Acts where they were praying and they remembered uh, or something about mentioning God who created the heavens and the earth and the sky and the sea and everything therein. It's good to be reminded of uh, who our God is. He is big. He is mighty. He is all-powerful this morning. We serve Him. Praise God. Well, I think before we go into the opening here, I'd just like to pause for a word of prayer. If we could do that, let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning in the precious name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for being our Father in heaven. Thank you, Lord, for your love, for your mercy, for your salvation. Thank you, God, for loving us so much that you sent your Son into this world and he gave his life. He shed his blood, died on the cross so that we could have life and have it more abundantly, Lord. Thank you for that life this morning, Father. Thank you too, Father, this morning that we can gather together in this way. Oh God, just bless, continue to bless the service here, Lord. We look to you for your blessing, for your direction, God. I pray, Father, for your grace and for your wisdom, your clarity of mind and thought even here this morning for myself as I share, Lord, what you've laid on my heart, God. Just bless us here as a body. Father, we need you. We look to you. We thank you that you are almighty. You're on the throne, God. Jesus, we thank you, too, that you're seated there at the right hand, making intercession for each one of us, Lord. And Father, I pray, just meet the needs in our, in our hearts, in our midst here this morning. We call upon you. We look to you. We thank you, Lord, that, you are, that you're here, God, and that you love each and every one of us, Lord. Just have your way, Father. And do pray for those that cannot be here because of sickness, Lord. God, just watch over them. Touch them. Heal them, God. Even some that are here, Lord, still struggling with some colds. Father, we pray, oh God, for your, for your healing touch, Lord. And especially we ask for your touch upon all our hearts here this morning. We pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Okay, well, let's turn to Romans chapter 7 this morning. I uh, listened to a message. Oh, I'm not sure when it was. And there was one verse in here that we're going to read that stood out to me. But through all that, I was inspired just to, uh, to uh, share out of this passage of Scripture. It's in Romans chapter 7. We want to read to verse 7. <clears throat> It says here, Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. For the woman woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from that law of her husband. 
So then if, while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is freed from the law, so that she is no adulteress, although she be married to another man. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sin which were by the law did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead, where we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law, for I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. <clears throat> well, this is an interesting uh, passage, and Romans 7 here is an interesting uh, uh, chapter. And, uh, <clears throat> but I don't want to get hung up on, uh, on different uh, aspects here this morning, but rather I titled it To Be Married to Christ. <clears throat> to Be Married to Christ. And we have here... Uh, what we read here in the beginning <clears throat> as far as the whole aspect of in this life, um, uh, you can only, how should I say this? You can, let me just read it here. You cannot be married to two husbands. That is adultery. We can only have one husband. That's very simple, very clear, right? <clears throat> um <clears throat> And we heard some of this, when was it, the other Sunday that Mark had on, on marriage. And I'm not necessarily looking, or we're going to be talking about, uh, as far as husband and wife, marriage or relationship, but rather as far as us being married to Christ. <clears throat> There's just some, some uh, to me, some very practical, if you will, simple uh, thoughts that I'd like to bring out here this morning. <clears throat> Uh, maybe just to go on a little bit more here in the beginning, we have here the law and Christ. And uh, it talks here about there's only one way out of a marriage relationship, which is very simple. Uh, there has to be a death. Somebody needs to die, husband or wife, if you will. There's only one way out. That's very clear here. The law, uh, God's law is, is holy. God's law is righteous. There is no other way out. The law is perfect. It will not pass away. The law is, uh, and then also the, in Galatians it says, the law is our schoolmaster, bring us to Christ, which is in Galatians 3.24. It shows, uh, I'm reading too fast here. The law is our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. So the law is perfect and right. And I know uh, there is people that have taken this thing of law and, and done damage to it. And maybe in light of that, I'll just read here in Peter, Second Peter. I can turn to it here quickly. This is Peter talking about the writings of Paul in Second uh, Peter chapter 3. Uh, Verse 16, as also in all his epistles, speaking to them of these things in which are some things hard to be understood, which they thereon learn and unstable rest as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. 
So you can carry this thing or this whole thing of having died to the law to the point where there is no more law, and that's not at all what the Bible is teaching here this morning. And I like how it says there in verse 7, What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. The law is there. It's there for a reason. And my simple way of looking at it is simply the law brings us to the end of ourselves. It's a schoolmaster that brings us to Christ. We come to the place when a person becomes born again, we come to the place where we realize that we cannot serve God. Or how should I say? That we cannot... Uh, <clears throat> we're not, we cannot be acceptable in God's sight and our own with our, as far as trying to work our way to heaven or however you want to say it. <clears throat> um, we come to the place where we realize that we cannot please God. <clears throat> And so there, God made a way through Christ, through the Lord Jesus, that we, in a sense, we die to the law. In verse 4 it says, Wherefore, my brethren, ye also become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye might be married to another. Married to Jesus. And a person that is, if you will, is married to the law, the law is a hard taskmaster, if you want to look at it that way, or how should I say it? I don't want to uh, say it wrongly here this morning. But the law is holy, it's perfect, it's right. And what it, the law is there, and it's not that it's asking of us anything that is not right. And in a sense, you shouldn't say it's a hard taskmaster. It's simply God's holy law. <clears throat> But the law there shows us up for who we are. It brings us to the place where we realize we're undone. We're undone. And we need, we need the Lord Jesus. And some of this is, like we read there in Peter, some of this is pretty deep. And I know I have looked into this years gone by and I'm still... Uh, I, I like a, a, a greater understanding of this thing of having died to the law. Uh, but again, I like to say, just to, to clarify or to, before we run too far away from the law, that uh, <clears throat> yeah, don't run away from the law too fast. The problem is not the law. It is us. <laughs> that makes sense? Can you connect with that? Before you run away too far from the law and say, well, the law is, yeah, it's, we, have, we have died to it and there's a sense that we do die to it because we come to the place where we realize we can't fulfill it and we need someone else. We need the Lord Jesus. We need to be born again, if you will. <clears throat> The law is our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. It shows us up for who we are, but it will not lift one finger to help us fulfill it. <clears throat> the difference between the law and Christ is the law stands there and it shows us up. It shows us up for who we are. It shows us up our imperfections. It shows us up our uh, sin, our guilt, or whatever. <clears throat> but it will not lift, it will not, uh, 
it, it stands there and, and shows us who we are, but it will not use one finger to help us. It will not help us. And so the difference between the law and Christ is, is, uh, is uh, a big difference. But, but here's another thing. Christ, His standard is even higher than the law, if you will. The law said, thou shalt not kill. And Jesus said, if you're angry with your brother, you're, uh, how does it say there in Matthew, as far as the judgment? Matthew chapter, chapter 5 here. Ye have heard that it has been said by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And so forth. It goes uh, talking about that. And there's different times here in Matthew chapter 5 that Jesus brings out. He says, Ye have heard that it hath been said, but I say unto you. It's like he lifted the bar even higher. He lifted it higher. Yeah, well, there is a big difference between the law and Christ as far as, uh, um, like we were saying earlier here, as far as the law will not lift one finger to help you, but Christ is altogether different. He gives us a standard, if you will, but He also helps us fulfill it. He also helps us fulfill it. Christ is different than the law. He is there to help us fulfill the law that He sets before us. It says here in uh, verse 6, Romans 7, verse 6, he says, um, no, verse 4, I'm sorry. Wherefore, my brethren, you also become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. We are married to another, even to him, who is raised from the dead. Death and, how does it say in, in Revelations that Jesus overcame death and hell? The grave could not hold him. In Christ there is power, yes, to fulfill his standard, if you will. The law shows us up for who we are. Christ came. He gave his life. He loved us so much that he gave his life for us. He not only came and showed us up, the law did that, but he came and made a way for each one of us that we can be righteous. 
He died on the cross so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. We love him because he first loved us. So this relationship between, or the, how should I say, is different than, uh, if you will, the relationship with, uh, uh, as far as the whole aspect of being married to the law versus being married to Christ. There's a big difference there. There is a message in itself there. The relationship is different. And I'd like to think about that a little bit this morning, see if we can uh, connect um, as far as this whole aspect of uh, be, the aspect of being married to the law versus being married to Christ, that that relationship is altogether different. <clears throat> the one is, if we think of the law, if you think of the law, people do it normally because they don't want to uh, if you think of the of the uh, the laws of the land, if you will, people obey those laws because they don't want to get what caught, or they don't want to have to pay a fine, or they don't want to go to jail, or they don't want this, or they don't want to do that. <clears throat> so it's the the reason they obey that law is more out of because of how it will affect them. <clears throat> Is that how we serve God? Are we, do we serve Him because we're afraid if we don't do what He asks us to do that He'll punish us or He'll, uh, he'll uh, we'll face some consequences that won't be good? Well, that type of relationship is not a good relationship. Think about that, husband and wife, if you will, or any other relationship. We only do it because of uh, a wrong motive. You could turn that around. We only do things because of what we will get out of it rather than what we can put into it. Being married to the law versus being married to Christ. Which one? Which one do we fall under? Maybe we could say this morning. Which one do we see that we uh, are we are we do we love the Lord Jesus and do we obey him? Do we do what he says because we love him out of a love relationship? We love him because he first loved us. We don't, uh, we get to rather than we have to. We get to rather than we have to. And there is, we could go different uh, ways with that, or we could talk about that, uh, the whole aspect of those two types of relationships.
it comes down to the to the motivation of our heart. <clears throat> Jesus has come to save us from our sin. Jesus came to save us. Jesus came to deliver us from ourselves so that we uh, are free. And here in, in Romans chapter 6, it says, uh, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, for he that is dead is freed from sin. He that is dead is freed from sin. Well, in light of uh, this relationship, let us be jealous over this relationship. And I'm zeroing in again. I'm zeroing in this relationship with as far as being married to Christ. Let us make sure that nothing gets between that relationship. And I uh, asked David to close with this song in, uh, in uh, John D. Martin's book here. I, the other morning I got up and I was read or just read down through this song here. And I just thought it's very powerful. <clears throat> this song here, I want a principle within. I want a principle within a watchful, godly fear, a sensibility of sin. And I struggle with that word a little bit. I looked it up, and I, for me to better get a hold of it, I think I would rather say a sensitivity to sin, a pain to feel it near, help me the first approach to feel of pride or wrong desire, to catch the wandering of my will, and quench the kindling fire. From thee that I no more stray, no more thy goodness grieve, grant me the fulfill you all, I pray, the tender conscience give, quick as the apple of an eye. O God, may my, O God, my conscience make. Awake my soul when sin is nigh, and keep it still awake. Awake my soul when sin is nigh, and keep it still awake. Almighty God of truth and love, to me thy power impart. The burden from my soul remove, the hardness from my heart. O may the least omission pain my my reawakened soul, and drive me to thy grace again, which makes the wounded whole. Praise God. What am, I, what am I zeroing in here? I want a principle within that there is a jealousy in our own hearts that we don't allow anything to come in there that hinders that relationship with our Lord Jesus. It's vital. If we don't abide in Him, how does it say in John chapter 15 there? Abide in Him. <clears throat> Not coming to me right. Abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I in the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. And it says here about the... uh, 
Um, yeah, help me the first approach to feel of pride or wrong desire, the ca- to catch the wandering of my will and quench the kindling fire. The first approach of pride or wrong desire, and maybe just to expound on that, of pride, of, of anxiety, of fear, anything that... that uh, gets between us and God. That our heart is at peace with God, that our heart is at rest with God, and that there is a beautiful relationship between us and Christ. Married to Christ. Being very sensitive to sin, that sin... That any sin is exceedingly sinful. Sin will destroy this relationship. Let us catch it when it might just seem like a little thing. Abiding in the vine. So may we be encouraged to, to, uh, how should I say, uh, foster this relationship. Just like Brendan and Sarah, they just are newly married, and uh, <clears throat> they're they're just starting in their marriage. It's all it's all new, but yet they love each other. And do they have to do things because uh, they do it because they love each other, right? <laughs> and once that love has grown cold, if that love grows cold. Sorry, I was thinking of something else, not you. <laughs> Don't let that love grow cold. Once that love, or uh, if when love grows cold, there's a problem. There's a problem. All of a sudden, it goes back to more of this, if you will, being married to the law versus being married to Christ. You're doing it more out of duty. You're doing it out of the wrong reason. But once the love of God is shed abroad in your heart, now all of a sudden you're loving and you're doing what you're doing because you love Him. There's a big difference between that and doing things because it's just the right thing to do. And yes, the, the things are right to do, but somehow, to me, that thing will not come out right. It will not come out right. <clears throat> and if you're asked to do something, you read something in the Bible that is altogether new to you, and you say, well, I don't get it, I don't understand it, I'll pass by it. Is that loving Jesus? I would say, no, it's not. <clears throat> so, can we just throw out what we want? Throw out what we don't want and keep what we want? I say, no. I say, no. <clears throat> this thing is... I mean, Jesus, when he walked on the earth, it says in John there that, uh, um, how does John say there? Let me just read it here. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. Jesus, the Word, was manifested unto us. He is the Word. Praise God. He is the Word.
So let us be jealous over this relationship. The other uh, one little aspect yet maybe, but yet it's very profound to me is this this whole thing of abiding in Christ. Larry had a had a teaching the other Wednesday night, um, something about the, uh, the I'll put it in my words the aroma of Christ. What is it? Where does when you see a Christian, or how should I say this, <clears throat> the aroma of Christ flowing out of an individual. That doesn't come under a person who's married to the law. That is, comes from a person that is married to Christ. And he loves Christ. And he does what Christ says because he loves him. And there's something there that flows out. And that's what I want for my life. I want it to be where it's real. And, and again, this thing of abiding in Christ is very, is very uh, how should I say, paramount or that we, we see this. If there is a disconnect, that aroma will not be coming through. That aroma will not be coming through is my simple way of, of seeing it. <clears throat> so I think of that song, I want to love him more. I want to love him more. He's done so much for me. I want to love him more. Let us be jealous over this relationship. Being married to Christ. Let us be very jealous over this relationship. I believe this relationship, if it's not kept intact, will affect every other relationship. May God help us. God bless you all. Turn over to Larry.